Hi, welcome to Live Oak Online for this week. You know, this summer we're spending the summer in the Psalms together. We're doing that as a church. We're doing it on Sundays here. We're doing it in the reading plan. Maybe you're doing it some other different ways. But this Sunday, we're not doing the summer in the Psalms together in here. And let me tell you why. This is an online service only. It's a holiday weekend. It's July 4th weekend. A lot of people are traveling. But for us, we're thinking of this as a Sabbath Sunday to spend some time and rest, to pause. We're giving a gift to our staff of pushing pause and shutting down the office for a few days. They don't have to use personal vacation days. We're just saying we're all going to pause together. Our staff are focusing on trying to be healthy this summer. And we want to help our staff, our volunteers, and you just push pause and have a Sabbath Sunday. We're still doing this together online and spending the summer in the Psalms. And today's Psalm is very relevant for this whole idea of pushing pause, of taking a rest. Psalm 127, uh, you know, all the songs of, uh, of a sense are pilgrim songs. We're living as pilgrims. We're on a journey. God's leading us somewhere. We're followers of Jesus who are going where he's leading as he leads us to become more like him as disciples. Well, on this Song of Ascents, which was their playlist that they would listen to when they would journey to Jerusalem to go to different festivals several times a year, usually every Song of Ascent has that at the top. It gives us a clue. There's 15 of them. Psalm 123, Psalm 134. This one's Psalm 127. This one gives us a clue of who wrote it or who inspired it. It says, of Solomon. Solomon was David's son. Solomon was the wisest person. He asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him and made him the wisest person in the world. We read a lot of his truth in Proverbs. And this will actually sound a little bit like Proverbs. We read about him in Ecclesiastes. You're going to hear a little Ecclesiastes in this psalm. But in Psalm 127.1, as we live as pilgrims who are following Jesus, as he leads us through this world, this world is not my home, we're pilgrims going somewhere, following Jesus' disciples. This is the song they sang on their road trip as pilgrims. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Seems kind of an interesting psalm, uh, especially for a song of ascent. The very first part, verses 1 and 2, feels very different then verses 3 through 5. I don't know why. It just does. And this is a song they would sing. And let me tell you a little bit what's here. I think that they, it was important to them that might be important to you. In Psalm 127.1, there's two key words, unless, unless. Or we could say if, if. It's a conditional thing. If this doesn't happen, then this doesn't happen. It's an if-then kind of sentiment. Unless, unless these two things happen. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. 
unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. I want God doing these things in my life. I want him building something. As a pilgrim, as a disciple, as he leads me, I want him watching over me on the journey. And it says, this is very important, it says, if God doesn't do this, it's not going to happen. We have limits. We can do everything possible. But unless God does it, it's not going to happen. Labor, work without the Lord is useless. I mean, we can get some return. We can get some wages. We can see some progress. But ultimately, you will eventually in life bump into something that's bigger than you. Bigger than you can handle. Things that you want to accomplish are bigger than you can accomplish on your own. So labor without the Lord is useless, and it's meaningless. And this sounds a lot like Proverbs. Proverbs are wisdom. It's a wisdom book. And Solomon was a key contributor for Proverbs. It also sounds a little bit like Ecclesiastes, where he's reflecting at the end of his life on the times he didn't use wisdom, and he said this was true. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. In vain, in vain. It sounds a lot like the book of Ecclesiastes which makes it sound a lot like Solomon was a part of this. So he says, basically, involve God in your work. If God's not at work with you, you're going to hit limits. It's in vain. It won't matter. Then verse 2, it says this. Again, in vain. Now he's talking about, instead of work habits, it's almost like self-care habits. In vain, you rise early and stay up late. That's the working hard part. Looking for food to eat kind of the self-care part, in vain. A lot of what we do in our work and in our world and our personal life and our relationships, we're working hard. But eventually, it's bigger than we can do on our own. And we wear ourselves out. It says here, for he grants sleep to those he loves. God gives us this gift of rest. See, the truth is, work is part of the equation of life. And that's not a punishment because of what happened in the Garden of Eden with the fall. Adam was working before sin entered the picture. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes 3.13, Solomon says this. He says that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil, in all their work. This is a gift from God. When you work hard and accomplish something and you feel good about it, that's a gift from God. He made you to be a contributor to the world. That's true. And you have something to contribute to the world and how you work. And ultimately, when you wear yourself out doing that, he'll give you rest. And if you don't look to him to give you rest, you will wear yourself out. It's not just about taking naps and and eating right. It's about looking to the Lord. But work is a part of the equation of life. But so is rest. Both of them are part of the equation. And God's at the center of it all. God designed life to work where we contribute and we rest. We contribute and we rest. That's how he designed life to work. But he also designed life to work best and really ultimately only when we contribute and we rest and we put God at the center of our world, of our work, of our life, and of our family. Because then it shifts from this working and contributing and 
you're, you're trying to stand guard and protect yourself, and you're trying to build something. It's all in vain unless God's in it. Then it switches gears. All of a sudden, like it almost could be a completely different psalm, but it's not. Verse 3, children, he shifts to children and family. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Basically saying, God's given you this gift with children. If you're a parent, you're a grandparent, you have kids in your family, that's a gift from the Lord. It's also a responsibility from the Lord. He's given you something that he wants you to take and use and develop and make the most of. It's a responsibility. You know, this psalm was probably sung on a road trip that families were taking that you may be very familiar with. There's a story about Jesus when he was young, 12 years old, that it says in Luke chapter 2 that Mary and Joseph had gone to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. So they're on a journey to Jerusalem. They're on the ascent. That They're pilgrims going to Jerusalem with their kids in tow. And a 12-year-old Jesus travels up with them, and they're singing this song as they go. And the song's very, uh, the, the story about Jesus is, might be familiar to some of you, because what happened is when the road trip pulled out to go back, they leave Jerusalem, they're heading back home, and they had gone for a full day's journey toward home. There was a lot of time to sing these songs on the playlist. They were a days into the journey home. And they get to the Buckies and they turn around and they're looking for each other or their kids and they're doing a head count before they pull out and go, hey, where's Jesus? No one knows where Jesus is. Well, it turns out he had stayed behind to stay in the temple and talk with the teachers. And he amazed them. They were impressed. And he said, where else would I be except in God's house talking God's truth? And then they, get, they go back and get Jesus and he says that and they're, they're on their way home. And it says after that, we get this little comment about Jesus. In the Gospels, we don't see him again until he shows up to start doing his earthly ministry, which was in his 30s. So almost 20 years later, there's this gap. And it says in that time, here's what it says of Jesus. And Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus growing up after this moment, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He grew, he developed. See, children are a gift from the Lord. They're part of your heritage. They're a responsibility. They're a reward. Sometimes they're a challenge. It's an opportunity. An opportunity to invest in them. And you're blessed when you have them. You're blessed with the, the gift of them, the responsibility. But it's this opportunity to help them grow in wisdom and in stature, health favor with God and man, relationship with God and others. When we are given children as a gift, what a great responsibility we have to invest in the next generation, whether they're my kids or somebody else's kids. It's a priority. So much so that as they're singing, they're reminding themselves out. Maybe because, and if you've ever been on a road trip with kids, at some point in the journey, you're wondering, is this really a reward or am I getting... Uh, uh, find or cursed for something. I mean, this is, my, my kids are a challenge right now. 
You've got to be reminded regularly. They're a gift. You're blessed to have them. And it's blessed with the opportunity to invest in your kids or invest in somebody else's kids, the next generation, with that goal that they would grow in their wisdom, in their health, in their favor and their love for and love from God and others. It's our great responsibility that they have this song that they're reminding each other that kids are this gift from the Lord. But these seem like two very different psalms. At the beginning, it's you work in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's not going to work. Unless the Lord guards the city, you can't defend it. Ultimately, something's going to come along. It feels like it's two different psalms, but what if they're not? Because if you go back to verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. You know, it feels to me like this might just be a metaphor. Unless God builds it, it's not going to stay standing. It's it's Matthew 7 about building your house on the rock. Unless you build your house on God's wisdom, eventually a storm's going to come on and knocks it over. But what if it really does mean your household? What if you applied this to your house, to the kids in your house or the kids in your sphere of influence? If you're a small group leader or a grandparent or a friend or a coach or a teacher or someone who wants to invest in the next generation, which at Live Oak, we believe that's all of our responsibility. What if we understood that our ability, our opportunity, our responsibility to invest in the next generation, unless I involve God in that with me, It's not going to last like it could. It won't send out the ripple like it could. It won't stand like it could. I need God's help in investing in the next generation, whether it's my kids or yours or someone else's. And, man, we fear for our kids. We want to watch over them, protect them from, from different influences and things that can get in their mind or things that can get in the schools or things that can get in their life. And, and we're worried about that. But ultimately, if we stand watch and don't involve God in that, we have limits to what we can do. This psalm is saying, invite God into your work. Whatever you're working on, whatever you're working toward, invite God into your world. Invite God into everything. Because unless he's in it, eventually something will come that could knock it down. We need the Lord. And we need to play that song on our playlist as we are pilgrims in this world because we will find things that remind us of this. But sometimes when they remind us of that, they don't always drive us back to him, to putting God at the center of our world. And this is true for an individual. It's true for a family. It's true for a church. It's true for a nation. It's true for our world. Ultimately, unless we put God involved, get God involved, put him in charge, it's in vain. We're working hard, but it won't last. The other thing is this. Don't just think about inviting God into your world. Henry Blackaby wrote a book called Experiencing God, a study, a Bible study. It was really, really good. It was very influential in this church in the early days. And basically, he said this, find out where God is working and join him. What if you flipped it? What if instead of just saying, hey, 
I want to invite God into what I'm doing. I'm going to invite God into what I'm doing. What if you said, I want to figure out what God's doing and get to work there? Because here's the thing. We know that if God's, what God's working on is blessed, well, get involved with what he's doing. You already know it's blessed. You already know he's at work there. So join him and involve him to help you work and build and watch over things with his help toward his end with his leadership. Find out where God's working and join him. This is a psalm that says, if God's not in it, it won't last. That is true for every area of your life. And you will see progress and tend to think that's not true. But it's kind of like building a sandcastle on the beach. You build it, it looks great, and then the wave comes in and washes it out, and all progress is lost. You've been working on your laptop, and you've been working diligently. You forget to save the paper, and you lose the document. Like, we have examples all the time. If we make progress, make progress, make progress, you just get the house clean, and then the kids come home. Like, there's examples of this all the time, but we fight this principle. Unless God builds it, it's in vain. He's not just an add-on. He's the builder. He's the one that watches over it. God's in charge. There is a God. It's not me, and I need his help, and he invites me into what he's doing. That's the big deal. God's not in it. It won't last. Involve God. Get involved with what God's doing. And then here's this great promise. Accept God's gift of rest. In vain you rise early and stay up late toiling for food to eat. We work hard, we work hard, we work hard. It doesn't give us the return we need fully unless we accept God's gift of rest. God doesn't, doesn't want to make you just simply productive. He wants to make you healthy so you can be productive. And there are these rhythms of what they would do, and they, they would travel to Jerusalem and sing these songs. We're going on this journey, a spiritual journey. Where they had a spiritual rhythm. They had family rhythms. They had work rhythms. They had rest rhythms. And that's not a design flaw. That's by design. Because when you stop and rest, when he gives you sleep, you're not doing anything while you rest. You're saying, God, I trust you to keep things going. I'm going to go to sleep and trust the world's in your hands and it's in good hands. I trust you to do that. Rest is a gift from God. So accept God's gift of rest. Work hard with God's help. Involve, get involved with what God's doing. But then rest. Rest physically. Rest in his love. Rest in his grace. Trust him with the results. Ultimately, what I think this song is saying is there's a God at work in this world. Trust him. Lay down and rest. Trust him with your family. Trust him with the future. But ultimately, we live in a world that is working hard, in vain, standing guard, in vain, because we've not put God at the center of our life. I can't make everyone in the world do that, but I can in my world. You can in yours. And it makes a difference. So this weekend, take a pause and rest and understand that God's got it. Even when it's not okay, accept his gift of, of grace. And, and then when you get to work on something, get God involved with it. Not just to get the task done, but because when God's involved, he's working on you helping you become the disciple, the person he designed you to be 
and created you to be. This week, you're going to continue to spend the summer in the Psalms. Uh, you can find our reading plan on the app website or digital bulletin. Go to Sunday Resources. Look for our reading plan. We have a different psalm you're reading every day this week. Tomorrow, it's Psalm 42. It's July 4th. Enjoy your holiday. Psalm 42. The next two days, July 5th and July 6th, you're reading two songs of ascents. Psalm 128, Psalm 129. Read and reflect on it. Make observations and then make an application. We're not going to talk about those on a Sunday, but you investigate it and talk about it with somebody. And I'd love to hear what you find out if you investigate and uh, invest in Psalm 128, 29 and, and try to read and reflect on that. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Then the rest of the week, it's Psalm 43, 44, Psalm 45. And then next Sunday, I'll be teaching on Psalm 130. And I want you to pre-read it if you can, but you don't have to. But pre-read it before that Sunday. So when we show up, you've already thought about what we're going to talk about in Psalm 130, the next Song of Ascent. But the next two Songs of Ascent, you're reading it. Engage with the Lord and His Word and see what He has for you in those songs, in those Songs of Ascent. Next week, we'll be back, continuing the song, uh, Summer in the Psalms, Songs of Ascent, and we'll be back to our normal times, 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. here in person, as well as being online. I hope you'll join us here in person, and I hope you have a great weekend. God gives rest to those he loves. He loves you. Get some rest and involve God uh, in the work you're doing and get involved in God's work. Have a great week.